Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. We've Got returned. locked up a moment. Yeah, and I, we've returned. I, I was buffering for a hot second. It I happens. had to burp and, you know, we don't need to hear that. It's like a, it's a physical buffering. Literally. Literally. But we're back. But we are back, yes. We are back. We are back. Um... So much going on. So we just had to take a, a minute, and we're probably going to take another minute here soon, but then we should be back to our regular scheduled programming. Yeah, guys, moving is no joke. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Not just moving. Buying a house and moving is no joke. Um, trying to figure out your all your new bills is no joke. Trying to work everything out to make sure you're not late on any payments is no joke you know trying to compartmentalize everything um i am now to the point where i'm actually getting excited because all of my ducks are in a row so we have one final big move uh on saturday and then we are officially living there finally so this is our last podcast where i'll be going home to the apartment which is gonna be weird because it's so far away (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um we'll manage it'll be a nice little country drive not really country i don't know why i said country it's definitely not country but it'll be a nice little drive um for like half a second it is and then <laughs> for like a whole millisecond and then <laughs> it's all city but no um we started this podcast back when i lived uh no i lived in Westchester. But when we would hang out, I did live with my parents, and my parents did live in the same city that I'm moving back to. So, same thing, basically. And I don't care about the drive. I was My uh, girlfriend was talking to me about it, and I'm like, I'm not giving up my podcast for the fact that it's a 15 extra minutes. Like, that's stupid. So, it's just going to take a lot of getting used to, but I'm very excited about it. Um, and very excited about having... A whole ass computer setup. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll start doing some of the podcast episodes at my office. You know, you never know. So that's why I said, you know, we'll just pace it, see how it goes. It's we love doing this. We know we have people that enjoy listening, and uh, yeah, so it's exciting. It's brand new. Trying to start the year, trying to start the year off right. So. Congrats to Casper. Thank you. Yeah. All right. On to other news. Um, We are going to do, yeah, a promo before we get into the episode. The episode basically that we were going to do last week. Mm -hmm. Which is really cool. So I was going to tell you about this. Alex the other night asked me, she goes, how do you guys come up with your podcast um, stuff? And I was like, Honestly, we we kind of just come up with it the month before and we kind of go over some stuff. But I'm like, Becky really figures out. I'm like, she really is the one, the mastermind behind a lot of it. I'm like, I'm more of the mastermind behind the socials. But I'm like, she's the mastermind behind figuring stuff out. Because she goes, she saw this preview and she was like, like, how in the world did they find stuff like that? Like little intricate details of stuff like that. And she goes, it's so interesting. Well... Shout out to Haunt TV uh, that is on Roku and it, or if you have an LG TV. And uh, they did a really great episode on um, 
believe it's a Canadian based show. I can't think of the name of it now, but like they interviewed um Maurice's daughter and whatnot. So like it was really cool. That's what basically gave me the idea because I realized we hadn't talked about it and uh didn't realize until watching that and then researching about it and the Warren's book tied to it that this was a real story. Which is really funny. I own that book. Hilarious. <laughs> I didn't realize it was the same book. I'm like, I own that book. Um, but yeah, so guys, tonight we are going to be talking about the true story of Maurice Theralt. Um, this is the guy who was in The Nun. If you guys remember, his nickname was Frenchie. Um, and it was the very end of The Nun when they tied the story back into the original Conjuring where they had the guy filmed and they were talking about he was bleeding from his eyes. Um, so that was a reference to the real yes. story. Um, they actually referenced the real story quite a bit in the original Conjuring, which I didn't even, I don't think I realized that was a true story. Like I said, I owned the book, but I just had never read it because I was trying to collect all of the Warren's books. Um, so I might actually have to read that now knowing that that it is actually this one this story so um but before we get into all of that uh a word from our sponsor calm your body down so guys if you've been following the socials and listen the week before uh this is the end of the road with the store it is going out of business. Anything that is currently on sale on the Etsy shop is all left over from a previous market last fall. So it's first come, first serve. There's limited quantities available. But um, everything that is left is going fast. Um, the body creams are a dollar. The bath bombs are three dollars. So get them while you can. Everything is on Etsy. Just search Calm Your Body Down on Etsy to find the link is in the bio on the Instagram page. Also, Calm Your Body Down. What am I going to do when you don't have the store anymore? I have to sing our, your jingle. I don't know. I'll just put <laughs> R.I.P. in memory of our sponsor. You're like in memory. Calm your body down. <laughs> I've had people reach out in to me that get of... that jingle in their head. <laughs> like sorry <laughs> um all right guys so... not that you don't have a beautiful voice she has a gorgeous voice oh well but thank you i don't i just <laughs> i'm no kelly clarkson <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit better than taylor swift but i'm no kelly clarkson <laughs> um but no i i really am sad that you I have to close it but you know inflation is just it's hurting small businesses so much right now and i hope that people like this this somehow calms down at some point because like 15 dollars for a dozen eggs is it is just it's getting out of hand that's not in ohio i don't know where that probably california i'm assuming but Literally four years ago in 2019, when I went to go buy a dozen jumbo eggs, it was 89 cents. Yeah. Yeah. I know around <laughs> here it's at least $4. At if least. You can, if you can find it under $4 where we are in Ohio, uh, that's, that's the best you can find it. Where a lot of people are like, God, I would take that at this point. That's why, like, 
yeah, hearing people eight, nine, ten, fifteen dollars for egg for a dozen eggs. I, I can't even well, I've heard the fifteen dollars closer to people that'll buy like eighteen eggs. And I, I just just eggs in general. Like that just doesn't make any that just makes no sense. I, I know that um honestly didn't even take this to, into consideration and that was something that my husband and I saw when we went to the zoo, uh, the Cincinnati Zoo, that the bird exhibit was closed due to the avian flu. Didn't even dawn on me that the avian flu, the bird flu, would have an effect on all birds. And that ultimately is what, like, halted everything. They had to kill a bunch of chickens and, like, destroy a bunch of eggs. And that, like, halted 50% of production. I don't, there was a really great, New York Times article that I read about it but like that just yeah so I mean I know that I guess that's one answer but I don't know it's just wild it's not just eggs it's everything else is it's just expensive to live <laughs> like so. I, I said one day they're gonna start charging for air and then I remember taxes so kind of already I'll just they'll just tax air yeah when you, there when you go. get your paycheck stubs, you're going to start seeing, uh, oxygen. Oxygen and deduction. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Lord. All right, guys. Well, anyway, getting into some spoopies of the evening. Becky has found this great, uh, article about, uh, the documented possession of Marty Thurl. Uh, it came back out in, uh, 2020. And it was, it's on, an how do you pronounce, Anama? Looks like it's Anama Alien. Thank I guess you. It stands for anonymousalien.com. Anomaalien.com. It's basically just a paranormal website. They do cryptids, hauntings, conspiracy stuff, aliens, ancient history, different things like that. Um, and they had a pretty good article. Uh, I did also find another article that I guess came out when. Um, Okay, so it looks like the original article came out in 1995, and it was an article where a reporter had sat down and actually talked to Ed and Lorraine both about their actual experiences during the exorcism with Maurice. But this one kind of gives, which I can go into that one, but this one basically gives, um, Anama Alien did a really good job of just kind of uh, condensing the whole story as it would have read in Satan's Harvest and Moraine's book. So Mari, which he was also known as Frenchie, Theral was the subject of the book Satan's Harvest by Ed Lorraine Warren, noted parapsychology investigators and demonologists. They witnessed his possession as well as his Catholic exorcism. By all accounts, he had a miserable childhood at the hands of a cruel father literally the words right out of the film like when i was reading this i was like this is literally ed's words mm -hmm. like it's crazy maurice worked harder on the farm than a child's stamina could support and forced to quit school by the third grade he prayed for salvation and it seemed to come to him in unusual ways he found himself growing physically stronger and stronger and he began to quote unquote know things he could not account for guys i'm so sorry as he grew older, he witnessed an obscene act in the family barn involving an animal and his father. Could only imagine what the hell that was. Yeah. Caught spying, his father forced him to participate. 
The exact details were too disturbing for Maurice to specify. I think we can all pretty much gather what that was. The harshness of his childhood and strange proclip proclivities, thank you, of his father are certainly enough to cause mental illness in any child or young adult. <clears throat> After drifting around New England for some years, Maurice finally settled down with a young bride on a family farm in western Massachusetts. Here he led a normal life and was considered a kind man by his neighbors. Then Maurice began losing chunks of time from his memory, and small fires began erupting across the farm. These little fires brought the Thoralt farm, Thoralt farm to attention of local law enforcement. It is no surprise to us, given his background, that Frenchie ultimately committed several outrageous crimes, including rape of a minor child, attempted murder of his wife, and ultimately suicide. Did Frenchie have psychosis, perhaps multiple personality disorder, that allowed him to be a kind, gentle man one moment and a psychotic killer the next? This might explain the lapses in time he experienced, as well as the lack of intelligence of events he must have been involved in or witness to. Now, apparently, the um, rape of a minor child, and a, uh, they that was his daughter that later recanted that story. Um... There was just so much going on in that family and who knows if there was a demon that attached to Maurice at a young age with the abuse that he suffered at the hands of his father and that could have just grown and grown and grown and more demons attached as time go on that would lead him to have these moments where it just wasn't Maurice anymore. And it was the demons attacking his daughter, attacking his wife, God knows what. So, um, and could then, you imagine like you, you lose pieces of time and then you're coming to, and your wife or your daughter is like, Hey, you did this to me. And you're like, no, like I have no recollection of that. That would drive me insane. So, um, right. So it said, yet there were other, even more disturbing occurrences in Maurice's life witnessed by law enforcement, clergy, and the warrants that defy explanation. Among the many odd occurrences on the farm, during the height of his possession, Maurice would bleed from his eyes and mouth in a twisted sort of demonic, demonic stigmata, which was documented by multiple witnesses. The cause of the bleeding could not be determined. Once it had ceased, there was no evidence of open wounds or sores. He also possessed incredible strength, which he had enjoyed since childhood. He could lift three to four hundred pound objects with apparent easy ease. That's probably supposed to say ease. While other men strained to even budge these same objects. Most peculiar of all was Maurice's ability to be in two places at once. Numerous witnesses, numerous witnesses testified to the fact they had seen him in one area perhaps his study, then a short time later at a greater distance than they could have imagined him traveling in that short span of time. Checking back at his original location, they found that he was still there, no knowledge of having left the room. Doppelgangers translated from German literally as the devil walker are associated with paranormal lore as being harbingers of bad luck. It was the strange phenomenon that caused the family to reach out to the Warrens for an explanation. Their investigation is chronicled in their book, Satan's Harvest, Ultimately, the Warrens believe Maurice was under demonic possession and they arranged for an exorcism to be performed at his farm. Now, there's a picture on here um, of him 
where they zoom in, like they're kind of focused on his face. And it says you can start to see his sins. skin start to crack open and boil. And there's like spots on the side of his face that look like they're really burned. It's very strange. And they actually show clips of that video where you do see the blood come out of his, seemingly seem to come out of his eyes and where the sore on like it just appears to open on his face and start to bleed um the show that i was referring to earlier that i had watched was called northern mysteries it's a canadian show that mentioned it that also interviewed his uh daughter as well that um you know it's pretty um, it, it at this point she's kind of denounced what the um She's kind of denounced what the uh, Warrens have done. But what a lot of people believe is that the reason why she's saying now that the Warrens made this up and that none of this happened, even though there's film evidence that it happened, that uh, she blames them. And that could just, you know, you, you, don't, you don't tell people how to grieve. You know, you don't tell them especially when it's your parents so yeah so in this video of the exorcism you see large raised bumps traveling under the skin of his arms and a bloody crack open on his forehead which heals by the end of the exorcism also you will see him responding to some of the exorcist questions in latin which is a dead language and he had absolutely no training he was determined to be free of the demonic following the exorcism and for several years seemed a normal family man returning to the kind gentle man that he that people had referred to as Frenchie. According to family and witnesses, the demonic returned with tragic consequences. In what is best described as a psychotic rage, Maurice shot and wounded his wife, blowing off her arm with the shot of a 12-gauge shotgun as she attempted to escape from him, then after wounding her, drug her back into their home. It seemed to her that he intended to take her life, then after prolonged struggle with himself, he turned the shotgun on himself and ended his own life. Amen, he said to his wife. No, he she said. Said his wife. Sorry. Said his wife. <laughs> I was like, um, he's saying amen after he did? I thought he said amen <laughs> and then shot himself. Oh. Sorry. Uh, we can certainly suspect mental illness as the source of Maurice's strange behavior and ultimate demise. However, many witnesses attest to paranormal occurrences surrounding Maurice's existence in the last years of his life. Maurice's story qualifies with three of the requisite signs of demonic possession and, in fact, a Catholic-sanctioned exorcism ultimately occurred. Maurice possessed superhuman, superhuman physical strength. He possessed hidden knowledge of people and events. He spoke Latin during his exorcism without any training or knowledge on how to do so. Um, sorry, I lost my place. Inex inexplicable physical phenomenon such as bleeding from his eyes and his mouth and the cuts on his head from nowhere doppelgangers witnessed by multiple neighbors and i've heard that before um did his childhood prayers for strength and salvation inadvertently make a pact with the demonic i mean so, there's pretty much not a gray area when it comes to him being possessed you know, you're not going to have a mental health problem and have mm -hmm. 
things, video evidence, mind you, of things crawling under your skin. And like, what mental illness, what mental illness causes you to bleed from your eyes? <laughs> like, that makes no sense to me at all. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of people that, so it, it sounds like from, um, it's another article I found that there were Roman Catholic priests on two separate occasions that performed special blessings on Maurice, a bishop from the traditional Roman Catholic Church, a breakaway sect, carried out exorcisms on him eight years ago um, prior to the murder happening. Um, so yeah, some people still, some people think it was a mental illness even people that knew him and his wife, other people truly believe that he was possessed, that this was a result of demonic possession. Um, the article from, this is massachusettslive.com. The article from 1995 in regards to Ed and Lorraine, um, I'll just read it real quick. It's a real short article. It's basically their point of view as far as what happened in Maurice's case. Um, so it starts off by saying, Ed Warren says he has been thrown across the room, seen tables fly, and heard the kind of language few others have. No, he isn't a bouncer. He's a demonologist. Warren and his wife of 50 <laughs> years, Lorraine. I'm like, who wrote this article? <laughs> it was in 1995. You're right. Warren and his wife of 50 years, Lorraine, have spent more than four decades investigating reports of hauntings, demonic possessions, and things that go bump in the night. Outside the realm of skeptics, the Connecticut couple is considered the country's premier Ghostbusters. They have worked with Massachusetts Institute of Technology and the Roman Catholic Diocese of Worcester and Hartford. Uh, Lorraine states, Our job is to go in, evaluate what's going on, document it, and then turn it over to church authorities. We've been scared many times. You have to have faith in your work. You have to have a great deal of faith in God because that's your only protection against the forces you're coming against. The couple do not charge for their work. Instead, they earn a living through lectures, including recent appearances in Chicopee. A 1975 case they investigated was made into a movie, The Amityville Horror. But Lorraine Warren said they have seen sights scarier than what Hollywood has portrayed. The two examined the reported possession of a farmer in Warren, which ended with the intervention of former Worcester Bishop Timothy J. Harrington in 1985. The Warrens maintained that the possession of farmer Maurice Theroult was frighteningly real. Maurice would bleed from his eyes. During the exorcism, his head split open, and we have that on film, Ed Ed Warren said that is what Casper referred to as the images that were in the original article that we read from anomaalien.com. Uh, boil eruptions appeared on his skin and crosses appeared all over his body. Seven years later, Theralt shot his wife and then killed himself. His sister denounced the possession as a sham, saying Theralt faked bloody tears and spoke and speak and speaking Latin backwards. He faked both of those, apparently. I'm sorry, how do you fake um, speaking Latin backwards? It was no fake, Lorraine stated. Her husband added, if it was mental illness or fakeness, why did tables rise off the floor? We put him in the hospital for six weeks and even doctors couldn't explain it. 
The couple is now investigating uh, reported, a reportedly haunted house near Worcester. They asked that the family in town not be identified. Um, okay, so this just goes on more to talk about recent cases and whatnot. But, um, you know, they did make a point of mentioning how real Maurice's case was and how frightening Maurice's case was, uh, you know, and it, it's just, I think what's even crazier is just the direct correlation, even from, even from Ed himself, the direct correlation between, um, what actually happened with Maurice and what you saw happening to him in the film as as he was being filmed during an exorcism because they even talked about the crosses all over his body too mm -hmm. like you there was that one part where Lorraine said an upside down cross started to appear within his body it's yeah, crazy like it. knowing how accurate that was to the actual story um and it kind of makes sense with how the nun was tied into it too especially with the catholic church it kind of makes sense with that oh yeah um but that's still so crazy like i don't think i genuinely realized like you know i know james wan went out of his way to do a lot of the true stories behind the warrens and stuff like that but i didn't realize that, that was actually a real story you know what's crazy is i have not heard many podcast even talk about this there is one that i really enjoy listening to it's kind of an offshoot of another podcast called mile higher podcast and it's called lights out where that lights out is specifically all horror like that where as uh mile higher talks about all different kinds of things lights out is only strictly horror and they um i believe it was last year they did an episode about about maurice they've done many episodes about uh the warrens and their cases so they usually call these episodes the warren files but it was the exorcism of maurice Thorold. um so yeah if anybody has not listened to that podcast before and wants to give it a listen to especially to hear uh their take on maurice's story i definitely recommend it that's a podcast i really like listening to myself and they are it's really well done and researched really well too but um you know it's just crazy the correlations between any type of trauma especially like childhood trauma and the rates of demonic possession like it's just wild if you believe even half of what his father put him through or what he witnessed his father do i mean that's that's definitely definitely gonna cause some severe trauma in a child for the rest of their life they're gonna grow up with all of this pent-up trauma and almost as if they have nothing to do with it and it's not surprising at all that it does reach a boiling point to where it's you know that's it demons really go after the vulnerable i mean if you have a lot of trauma like that and, you know, obviously during those time periods, getting help is not very easy to do. Um, unfortunately, they prey on the weak and he was a prime candidate for them. And I say them because I genuinely do feel like it was probably more than one. 
So I did find another article in 92. Um, I love how these were written in the 90s. That's fantastic. Yeah, they're like all around the time that it happened. <clears throat> Uh, by the Associated Press, uh, it goes on to say, Maurice claimed he was possessed by demons that drove him to repeat the crime of his father who murdered his mother and committed suicide. The claims strained credibility, yet the Rolf came close to fulfilling them last week. Whether from a tormented mind or tortured soul, he chased his wife into the street, wounded her, then took his own life, as his father did ten years before. I can't say it's totally unexpected because this man was either seriously disturbed or possessed, take your pick, said Michael Lassalandra, a journalist who co-wrote um, the 1990 book about Theralt called Satan's Harvest. I don't think he was a con man. I think he sincerely believed he was possessed. Many who knew Theralt agreed. Roman Catholic priest who on two occasions, Roman Catholic priest on two occasions performed special blessings on Theralt and a bishop from the traditional Roman Catholic Church, a breakaway sect carried out exorcisms on him eight years ago and earlier this year. The church believed that the devil had taken him over, said Homer Boyer, the Roman Catholic priest who retired in 1990 from Theralt's parish of St. Paul's Church in Warren, about 20 miles east of Springfield. His sister, Dana DeVoe, or Duval, have of Springfield disagrees. Maurice was not possessed. Maurice was an actor, DeVoe said. She said he was obsessed with the occult, but friends and acquaintances described Theralt pre, uh, variously as a devout Catholic, an ordinary Joe, and the kindest, gentlest man you'd ever want to meet. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, that show that I watched, I'm so sorry, it actually wasn't their daughter uh, that was interviewed. It was the sister. It was his sister because she was the one that said how much she just was very adamant that she did not believe at all that he was possessed by anything. She just doesn't believe it. It's just, it's hard. I understand not everybody believes in that stuff. I get it. I, I absolutely understand. But I'm like, when certain things that were happening to him was happening, how do you explain that? Like, genuinely, if you don't believe in it, how do you explain boiling skin? How do you explain your skin just ripping open and bleeding and all of a sudden it's fine? 30 minutes later, like, I don't, speaking Latin backwards, much less Latin at all, that's a dead language. No one speaks Latin anymore, much I mean, less backwards. Latin, but nobody just, yeah, definitely nobody. I don't think somebody wakes there. up one day and they're like, you know what? Today's the day. Yeah, I'm going to go learn I'm going to go Latin. learn Latin backwards. Z-Y-X-V. <laughs> so apparently it was the second, uh... This is a book called Haunted Massachusetts. It states here that it was the second uh, exorcism performed on Maurice where they actually got the film footage of where his, of the blood. Um, in Haunted Massachusetts, on page 32, the possession of Maurice Theralt, all cases of demonic possession are bizarre and unnerving. Demons make people do the unthinkable. Thankfully, such incidences are relatively rare and most towns will never bear witness to a possessed member of their own community. But the town of Warren did. The story made news nationwide and is the subject of a book called Satan's Harvest by reporters Michael Lassalandra and Mark Miranda. The only thing worse than Maurice Theralt's childhood was the condition it left him in as an adult. His father purportedly practiced devil worship and forced his perverse trans transgressions 
on his son at an early age. To make matters worse, Maurice was pulled out of school and never obtained more than a third grade education. One fateful day, Maurice's father confessed to his wife that he and Maurice were both possessed before killing her, and then he shot himself in the mouth. Maurice was left to bear the burden of what he had witnessed and the same sad legacy. Like his father, the young Thorold began to display signs and symptoms of demonic possession and underwent several unsuccessful exorcisms. The second one performed on Maurice, which was recorded on home video in 1985, showed the unspeakable torment the man endured in the latter days of his life. The tape has been shown to scores of incredulous viewers throughout the world as a modern-day example of demonic possession. Many believe it offers indisputable proof of a truly possessed man, but others, even after viewing the sensational tape, believe Theralt suffered from a combination of mental and physical conditions undoubtedly exacerbated by his horrific childhood experiences. In the tape, Theralt's eyes are already pulling with blood when the actual exorcism begins. The video shows the agonized man's face contorting as his skin on his forehead splits open, boils appear under his skin while the priest speaks in Latin, and blood drool drips down his chin, staining his white shirt. At one point, he is instructed to blink several times before his glazed over eyes remain open for at least three minutes straight. Three minutes straight, Jesus. During that time, some say his eyes appear serpent-like with slits for pupils like a cat or a snake. No. When asked questions, absolutely not. <laughs> like, that's a big hell no, no if I ever saw anybody like that. When asked questions about the, when asked questions by the priest, rather, performing the exorcism, Thrault answers in backwards Latin, an unbelievable feat for a man who at best spoke only broken English. Then his eyes rolled back into his head. It was the five-star performance by a poor, uneducated tomato farmer, but he was no actor and there was no happy ending to his story. Following in his father's footsteps, Maurice Theroult eventually took his own life, leaving an inquiring public to decide how much of his story was fact and how much, if any, was fabricated. So, so you're going to tell me that a man who had a three grade, third grade education spoke backwards Latin perfectly? Yeah, I mean, you would have to okay. first know how to speak it forward <laughs> to learn how to speak it backward so that really doesn't make any sense but yeah bravo and perfect tie-in with maurice into i mean i think it's a really great i like it, it's just the trajectory of that character from where it started in The Conjuring to where it went in The Nun. It's almost like it didn't have to go that way, but it was just such a perfect tie-in and they were able to take so much of the real story of this real person, almost as a redemption in a way, um, to put this real person inside a fictionalized story. Um, the and part in the him, conjuring that we saw. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say and give him the kind, yeah, heart that he had in the in real life that people said that he had, and that's who he was in the nun. He was a nice guy, just a regular guy. Yeah, I mean, I think it just it barely touched the surface in the conjuring when we were when you were basically witnessing the his exorcism, um, in many ways described 
the way his actual exorcism was described, the bleeding eyes, the boils, the crosses appearing on the body. So it's extremely similar to the movie in the way that his exorcism went. And then with the nice little tie-in of the nun later that we find out. And then when the nun actually does come out where uh, it's like Frenchie's character, Maurice's character goes full circle now at this point um, where still battling with things internally obviously but uh tying it in with the nun and this other and more of the demonic story because it's like at the end of the nun he had a uh, was it an upside down cross on his neck on the back of his neck yeah on the back okay that's what it was yeah on the back of his neck so it's like no tie-in at that point about his family you later find out but it's like, so because he had suffered that childhood trauma, was he already sitting on that? Like, was that demon already in him? And then like, speaking of, and I'm meaning in reference to Frenchie in the movie, like, was the demon already in him then? And then by the time he did get older and encountered uh, Valak and whatnot, it was like the demon just got stronger. Well, the way that the movie made it, it made it like Valak attached herself to him. Yeah. Because I only remember when remember when he grabbed Lorraine and looked her dead in the eye, and it took until The Conjuring 2 for you to figure out what she saw. Um, ended up being right. Valak, which is insane how we're literally talking about like three different movies and they all completely connect. Um, but... It is so hard knowing the answer to that question because, like, in real life, say his father wasn't a devil worship. We don't know. Maybe he was. You know, he was fucking animals, so who knows what his dad was into. And then forcing him to watch or do it himself, you know? So, yeah. maybe, I don't think Maurice personally was ever involved I just unfortunately think it's one of those wrong place, wrong times. You know, you're you're literally you don't choose your family. I don't think he would have chose that. And you're literally, his father. A, you're literally a child. Yeah, and he's a kid. He don't understand all of that stuff. And I feel like a demon took advantage of that. Demons aren't nice. Like they're not. Like oh no, it's okay. Like they're meant to catch you at your most weak and mm -hmm. vulnerable moments. They're not like, life. oh no, it's okay. He had a traumatic childhood. We don't need to yeah. just let him no. be. He's fine. No, if anything, they see that as an opportunity and they go after it. And unfortunately, he was fully taken advantage of on that front. And I think that you know, it's is this possible his father was a devil worshiper or was into the occult? I don't think he was, but. I think that it was something that maybe didn't possess him as a child, per se. You know, maybe it did a little bit here and there, like with the strength and stuff, to give him a glimpse of what it's like. Um, but they're the ultimate... Demons are the ultimate deceptors. So I don't think they fully really possessed him until he was older. And then they, they pretty much just jumped in at that point. And it is really sad. It's very sad that that's how it had to happen. And that's what it came to. But like I said, demons aren't nice. They're not looking for someone who's happy and 
you know, living a, living their best life. They're looking for someone who's traumatized. They're looking for someone who's vulnerable. They're looking for somebody who's basically going to say, yeah, sure, whatever. And unfortunately, with his past, he really didn't have a chance with that. Unless, like I said, getting help during that time period was very hard. You know, you can't just up and go see a therapist. Like, you... He probably didn't even have the means of it if he only had a third grade education. I mean, you, you really, you in actuality would have liked to have seen that. And I think that, you know, I've seen that in other movies and I, I, I do believe that. And I think that's just qualifications anyway, not just in the movies that um, should be done. There should be the correlation between a mental health evaluation and an evaluation from a priest to determine whether or not this is mental illness or demonic possession. Because um, just like you were saying that it's the demon is going to come when you're the most vulnerable. And one of the times that you're the most vulnerable in life is when your emotions take over and you can't control it anymore and you're just at your weakest most vulnerable point so that could have been it too it's very much like paranormal activity you know katie had a demon that followed her around as a child had she, who's to say he didn't have experiences as a child and that was never going to talk about and you've got this thing like it's just like he said it can lie dormant for years demons are very patient they will lie dormant for years and then they'll see their opportunity and they'll run so I genuinely feel like, unfortunately, that's what happened to this poor man. I feel like he had a demon following him around for years, and then he finally hit that incredibly vulnerable moment, and the demon saw its opportunity, and it ran. So it looks like I've... This is back in 2017. I've actually never heard of this podcast before. It's by 13 Stars Media. The was hosted by Justin Rimmel, who... Is the guess, I guess that was the speaker. It was called The Demonic Possession of Maurice Theroult. Um Yeah, I'm really, really surprised that there have not... Just looking up now and looking up prior to recording how there really are not many at all uh, podcasts out there that even talked about this. And I'm just shocked because... Um, even if it's somebody that's not necessarily a fan of the Warrens... You know, it it wouldn't matter to me whether or not you were or not. I don't know if that would even make much of a difference to just still uh, acknowledge the story, especially with that character being as prominent as he was in the movie. So you're able to even tie in that connection. But there really I say that is has a, a lot to do with it, what you just said. Especially yeah. all the backlash they're getting right now with that stupid show on Netflix that I can't think of the name of at the moment. What is that show called? I have no idea. I never watched it. But no, I get what you're saying. I guess that's the only thing that I can think of is that a lot of people, I mean, I swear I think anytime I ever hear anybody talk about um, the war if the Warrens were ever mentioned on a podcast, it's... Uh, bashing them mm -hmm. it's never anything nice to say which you know everybody has their flaws nobody has their moments where it's spot on and also a lot of people have to remember that 
those um, movies, you know, had artistic license to put, you know, pretty much whatever they wanted in and to uh, kind of, in, yeah, I mean, it was going to take on elements of certain things that happen in real life, but it was going to have artistic license on everything else and pretty much do what it wanted. And, you know, that can be a double-edged sword because people are going to enjoy the films, but then hearing that it's based on a true story, people are going to think this is what actually happened in the films, even though that was only a very small part of it uh, that just kind of had to be stretched out over time because it's like we got to make an hour and a half long movie so um it's like andrea perrin says like you need to read her books to know right. exactly what happened you know in the conjuring um she said she goes into pretty good detail about it and she said that the movie only showed a glimpse a very small glimpse of what they went through oh i heard that the yeah the being dragged across the floor Mm -hmm. by their hair thing happened definitely way more than one time and you know no thank you i i just the dragging thing is a hell fucking no for me i mean all of it is a hell fucking no but to be drug no i mm -mm. no i think i would just simply pass away as i'm being drugged i would just die as it's happening dude same I was thinking, I'm like, I have be long like, hair too. Like that that's demon would be even... like, oh my god, I finally got her, and then all of a sudden I'd be like, no, I'm dead. <laughs> like you ain't got nothing. Like nah, you didn't get shit, bro. <laughs> it ain't even happening. Like I am no, dead. I wouldn't even. Absolutely not. Yeah, wouldn't even be in a position to <laughs> have that fucking shit happen. So nope, I'll pass. Thank you. Um, but now I really want to watch the nun and now i really want that what was the warren book that i gave you was it satan's harvest or was it something else no that was the oh man the one you gave me was about a different family and now i can't think of their name and i think we might have talked about them for like a smidgen i think we did too I cannot the life i'm so sorry <laughs> no you're fine you're totally fine because now i'm like i want to read that book satan's harvest now i want to read that knowing what it's about But yeah. That's interesting that they actually, uh, Maurice and his, they, <laughs> you can find his graves, grave site at findagrave.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. If anybody would want to know that he's buried at the Notre Dame Cemetery. What is that in Connecticut? Or I mean, Massachusetts? Yeah. <clears throat> That one for sure I, is in I do genuinely feel sorry for him, but I think I'll pass on the gravesite. Oh, yeah. I no. think I'll pass. That's like someone inviting you to go to Bobby Mackey's. Like, I'll, I'll, no, no, thank you. Yeah, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I don't even want to drive by it. I don't yeah. even like and going just, near Wilder. Okay. Dude, same. <laughs> and even with him in the case that he, uh, killed himself it doesn't mean that that spirit isn't in a way gonna still feel vengeful or 
you know, just find another host, find somebody else to attach to, find somebody else to. Sometimes it's best to keep the genie in the bottle. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. But yeah, I go back to saying that I really do wish there could have been some type of medical evaluation of Maurice first before everything just kind of went head on full tilt into, um, you know, not to disprove or disbelieve that an exorcism wasn't needed or wasn't warranted or that that type of thing doesn't happen, that demonic possession isn't real, isn't a real thing. Um, we do know it's a real thing, but just the fact that, uh, it, you could have the basis to also argue against mental illness and have him be evaluated and see, you know, because, if it is mental illness, at least you have a pinpoint of what it is. And then you can make those steps through, um, you know, therapy, medication, both one or the other that would work best. But, uh, you know, the worst part of it is, is that when you are, uh, if, if it actually was mental illness, how susceptible you are to demonic possession which is what i was gonna when say when you're at that point what if, if it was both life, yeah exactly exactly that's what i'm trying to get to yeah what if, what it, if was it was both? both because what if like i had said earlier he was so he got to that point where he was so vulnerable because of his traumas mm -hmm. that the demons saw the opening and ran i, mean, I genuinely do considering what that... he went through it would not surprise me at all that it was both. Mm -mm. It really would not. Definitely some severe trauma. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I have to say if I, uh, considering all of the stuff he went through, but it's it's the animal thing that gets me. Like, it, I'm walking in on your dad fucking a farm animal, and then he catches you and is like, and then forces you to participate. And that's just a sliver of what he went through. And then turn like, around and kills it for some kind of ritual or whatever his dad said he was doing. I don't yeah, know. Who knows? Who yeah. knows what that man was doing? But I do feel for him. I hate that he had to go through all of that and, you know, probably felt helpless. Like there was nothing he could do to get help. Because like I said, imagine losing pieces of time. And then waking up and realizing you've done these things. And you're like, I don't remember doing these things. That would be terrifying. So terrifying. Well, and it makes you less credible if you're like, if there's no explanation as to like where you were at this time or you don't know what's going on, like it does make it more more credible that the if something happens... The finger's gonna get pointed on <laughs> pointed at you and you're like, wait a minute, I was fucking assed out the whole goddamn time. Like, what the fuck? I didn't have one single drink of alcohol. What the hell was I doing? <laughs> I am confusion. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean I was over there at the bookstore? I was over here in my office. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I have no idea. Dude, doppelgangers, I'm not gonna lie. Doppelgangers oh, scare the shit, shit out of me. 
Because I've had multiple people tell me that there's someone in Oxford that looks identical to me. And I don't like that. I'm like, I don't want to see her. It. Yeah, whatever. I've heard where I've, I don't. Just over the years have just heard that. And, uh, well, just not only for myself where you hear somebody will look like you. I think just the thought of, or just the idea of doppelgangers in general. And how just the concept of that, like the original concept of, of it, of it was something that, and I, you know, <laughs> who's to say that this isn't true, but that it's in some way like, it, it doesn't matter if somebody like looks like you, but I mean like a true doppelganger, mm -hmm. like somebody, you know, that's like a harbinger of evil. Like that's a, that's a sign that pass. that's going to be something, you know, something is definitely going to happen. This is evil. This is, Yeah. This is not good. It's not that this person just looks like you. It's like this person is an evil version of you. Like us or some shit. You know, I'm going to pass on that, though. Because yeah, I don't know. No, I'm good on all of that. Good on all of that. All right. Well, <laughs> I know this is a short episode tonight. But that's all I have as far as information on Maurice. Um, if you guys are able to check out that show on Haunt TV, I highly recommend it. How um, do you get Haunt TV? You it's, said it's really only on Roku. We happen to have it because we have an LG TV, but it's uh, basically Roku TV. I have, have an LG TV. How would I get it? I don't know. I have oh, no idea. Okay. I'm sorry. I was just I'm curious. Sorry. I'm not Google. I'm sorry. <laughs> we got it and we got our new TV and got rid of cable, so I have no idea. I was I just curious know. if you knew. I might Google that to see if I can get it on my... Because I have a LG Smart TV, so... It's just one of the channels. It's like an option. That's mm. like a that's an app on there where you then have, I don't have it. You have channels. Like I have an old LG channel. LG TV. Oh, I guess if ours is brand new. It was an option. That's why. Yeah, it's got to be an option for the new TVs. But for Roku, it's also um, an app that that's you can cool. download. So um, if people have that option. Um, otherwise, I'm sure there's like a ton of stuff. I believe you can even actually find. Maybe not the entire thing, but clips from the actual exorcism video on YouTube. Um, and then, of course, watch The Nun if you're able to. And the book, Satan's Harvest. You can yeah. find it on Amazon. Any of the Definitely. Warren books you can find on Amazon. Um, I actually would really like to have all of them at some point, but um, I think I only had a couple. And I know I gave you one because it was about a story you had researched or you were reading about. I wish I could remember what it was. But I can't at the moment. Um, but yeah, no, if if there's any book that you guys would love to read about the Warrens at all, please read The Demonologist. Um, it really gives you a glimpse into just what they went through with a lot of things. And I know a lot of people say they're, they're kooks and, you know, they're not real. Especially with that stupid show. I can't think of the name of it right now. That's on... Netflix right now that was basically people bashing them and going over the fact that they were liars and they did everything for money which is really funny because they had no money um but regardless like even if you don't believe them that's fine but if you do want to like to research um definitely research interviews research things about them and you'd be surprised what you find very surprised but anyway, that's all I had to. Yep, that's all I got on Maurice. So, so um, next week, you guys, we are going to be talking about the Cincinnati Strangler. 
new one on me lived here my whole life never heard of it uh same my husband actually gave me the idea from somebody that he works with um and i believe this happened in the 60s of all things um and this is i mean as everybody knows you learn in history class like this is at the height the late 60s this is at the height of the civil rights movement in this country and um just like any other city in america it was happening very much in cincinnati um and you during such a tumultuous time you have a serial killer targeting predominantly black neighborhoods in cincinnati and it just so happens that it's a black serial killer it's like it's a crazy story crazy yeah. story yeah. and again to live here and never have heard of it no i've never until heard of you it. told me about it never yeah so <laughs> never heard of it all right guys well of course um you know we have the socials facebook instagram and twitter all at dfwtl podcast handle is dfwt okay <laughs> dfwto8811 if you have any questions, concerns, or want to say hey, please email us at dfwto8493 at gmail.com. And, of course, we are on iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. Rate us. Let us know what you like to hear, what you don't like to hear. Um, feedback is always great. Negative feedback is still great feedback. Mm-hmm. All feedback is feedback all feedback is great we don't care i had i wish i could remember some of the negative feedbacks we got because it was actually humorous <laughs> it's actually uh, funny it's fun. I, I just think it's funny even to just take the time out right that just in and of itself is funny <laughs> it's like you took time boy, out of your day you, a lot of... <laughs> you good a lot of time on your hands are you good andrew zero seven four seven oh my god and it would be it would be a fucking it's like a username with like username one name like and then several numbers zero eight five seven nine sounds like a it's like a serial number like, what the fuck? all right guys well we hope you guys have a wonderful week um yeah, and I believe that's everything. All right, guys. We got it. Well, remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the, the original. original. Okay, bye. Bye.